man, I feel so disgusting. Just look at you, James. Love handles, bloated, your ass jiggles. Ugh. How am I even looking at my ass in this mirror? It's like I, uh, I'm owling right now. Oh man, I'm like that exorcist. How did this happen? Oh, oh, I, there's not even like a, a crack going. It's just, I'm, so, how did I get so nimble in the neck? I don't get this. Oh, but it's making it even more disgusting. I can see like my slightly hairy back and oh man. Body dysmorphia. That's the reason why I can't look in the mirror. I can't stand to do it. <sighs> I'll internalize things, not externalize. Oh, man. People don't listen to my beats. That's not one of the reasons I can't look into the mirror. It's just constantly on my head. You suck at rapping. At least I think I'm good. Everyone else just seems to be like, hey, it's fantastic, but... There's no way I'm gonna listen to it ever again. First time listening, that's fine. Again, I can look at myself in the mirror because of those facts. It's body dysmorphia. That's what's got me saying, ho oh, oh, ho, uh, cover all these mirrors like, I don't know, in Bly Manor, is that a thing? Let me smash all these mirrors, get bad luck. Just don't have mirrors around, I'll just be sucked in and not in a good way, it's just my consciousness will constantly be rotating around like a... My mind is a perpetual motion machine of self-hatred. Which in a sense is pretty, in the classic way, wicked. What up, motherfuckers? It is me, James, here on the definitive introductory ICP playlist podcast, Shuffling the Deck. Whoa, there's no deck to be. Where are my cards? Oh, no, little Sean Marciniak is gone, and he usually has the Magic the Gathering cards that he has, like, Dark Lotus. No, not Dark Lotus. Black Lotus and insert other rare cards. I only know of one, the prototype, the A deck, whatever they call it. He usually has them, and I'm usually, you know, drawing in crayon the my renditions of the Carnival of Carnage, the Ring, the Ringmaster, and etc. You know the other ones. I don't have to list them all out. You, you're listening to this fucking show, unless you're listening because the title is saying it's not ICP here on Shuffling the Deck today. It's also not Sean Marciniak. Where is he? Well, funny story, maybe for you, not for me, Sean. I messaged this fucker so many times two weeks ago. I'm like, hey, man, here's what we're doing. I just got the I bought a bunch of the pendulum because I found it on a website that lists comics on what they are actually worth. Not like eBay where it's like, oh, I'm going to take a bunch of I'm trying to upsell shit to make more money off from it, thinking Juggalos will pay this much, and I guess they do. There was one person trying to sell the the pendulum. Th these are ICP comic books, if you're unaware of that. We will be doing those in a couple weeks. Someone was trying to just listed a bunch of them for auction, 
and someone just snipe bid all of them. It's clearly this person was expecting to get an exuberant amount of money of, out of it, but just snipe bid everyone for under a dollar. So they they were getting out clean hell yeah to them. But I'm like, hey, man, let's do this. Let's do like instead of the main rap charts, let's start doing the independent because they're independent now and there's a chance that they'll actually be on the top five. I'm giving him all this shit. I'm thinking maybe Sean's mad at me. Then Sean just messages me out of nowhere saying, oh, shoot, I thought I already told you this, but I'm going to Buffalo to be with family for two weeks and we don't have any episodes banked. So I'm like, well, what? What do you expect me to do right now with this information, this on this short notice? What am I supposed to do, Sean? So I'm going solo and we're diverging from ICP, but we're staying within the psychopathic family. These are going to be short, very short episodes compared to the other ones. No Sean around mucking things up. I think it's Sean is the reason why they are very long. Uh, and longer than you're aware of them because, you know, I'll be like, dude, we're over two hours and you'll look and you'll be like, well, we're at an hour 50. What's up with that? Well, that's because I heavily edited them. So I have all the pendulum. Oh, my God. They're actually good. I'm very surprised. So what I wanted to do, I was like, what could I do? Well, we're getting into ICP and Psychopathic Records, putting out so much content, starting with like 2001, all the way into like 2008, maybe. Like they're, they're, they're on a huge war path of like, we're taking over the underground. We're not going to do it no limit style. We're not even going to do it serial killing record style that one year when they released one album a month, which, hey- Go back and check out those albums. You got Madness and Despair. Yeah, the KGP Hatred, maybe, at the end of the year. A Bloodshot's Bloodshot In. I think those all came out in that vicinity. Did the Ugly come out or in the Sin of Man? Of Comatoses. You be the judge. You tell me. But... I wanted to do just two EPs of this era. So this week we're going for Twisted's Mirror Mirror, which some would debate is not an EP. It's a full length album. Maybe not back then because rap albums, it's like, well, we need to pack it full of the 70 plus minutes we have on the CDR. It's like, no, you don't. Just filter out the bad songs. Well, we actually, for Lloyd Banks' album, we made 40 songs. We'll just put out the ones, the 20 songs that we don't put on the album out on mixtapes. Okay, well, maybe even shed that down and put out two mixtapes and just one album. You'll have classic albums instead of, like, albums with very good songs and then a few fillers. Like The Massacre, 50 Cent's The Massacre. Could have been a flawless fucking album, but they put so many fuck songs on it and just like, oh, I'm in love with you, girl, so we go nut inside. It's bad. Is Some were like back to back. Take those off. Have it be a more cohesive album of just bangers and a couple like single bangers. It, banger singles, you know, like the, that are on the radio singles that happen to be bangers as well. But like the hardcore bangers and uh, 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 single bangers, single bangers are just people masturbating, shoving it inside and stroking the skin. That's how I do it. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, this week we're doing Mirror Mirror and next week we're doing Blaze Your Dead Homie, the self-titled EP. 
Who wanna fuck with the unbeatable? Dead man body count different than the Vietnam veteran. Very good stuff. Very good. Let me check to make sure we're still recording. We're still recording, bitch. I was. I also am going to put a timer for an hour from now, just to make sure I'm not going off the deep end, off the heap ends. Yeah. Okay. Let's do uh, 1.30. I'm recording this on a day before it's released, and today is Nicole's birthday, but she did not take the day off from work. Normally she does. That was a mysterious to me. So tomorrow, I have to get this recorded and edited before she gets out of work today because I also need to go to the store and get her ice cream, gluten-free cupcakes, and I don't think I need to get her dinner. But tomorrow, everything needs to be done today so tomorrow I can just focus on her because it is her day off. It is her birthday. Go to DarlingHomeBody.com. Give her a birthday present by giving yourself a present by purchasing some of her merchandise. Uh. Or purchase on Redbubble the design she did for uh, Natty Ice with Otters. She'd be excited about that. So, where was I? It is her birthday, that is such. But before we get into the album, I'm I'm not going to talk wrestling. That's Sean's thing. That's the Marciniac Marvel. I'm going to just talk about, like, what, what have I been up to? We went back to Muskegon, Michigan, where it, it was okay. It, it was a, we mainly hung out with family. We saw no friends, but I guess family can be friends. Family, family. Nicole's mom knocked it out of the park and I said for gifts. And I said that to Nicole and Nicole's like, didn't she just get you everything that you sent her? And I was like, yeah, but normally I'll send her something. And she'll be like, oh, he doesn't really want that. That's just like a $10 thing. I'll get him something better. And it's like, no, if I say, like, get me a shock mount for a microphone and a Nintendo Switch $20 gift card, that's all I need. I'm easy to get. But I sent her, it was Nightbreed on Blu-ray, three ninjas, the latter three movies in a collection, a Yo-Yogi in 3D VHS, which the 3D is very good for the time, and I'm surprised it still works being stretched out on a large screen TV, going from composite to to a digital single, single, a digital signal, but th- it's very laxed. The, it's one scene for 20 seconds in this, into- it's just like, when he spins his hat, you put on those glasses, and I'm just waiting, I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna take off the glasses right now, and just wait, 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 it is 20 minutes into this, and then finally he spins his hat, and it's just, it, you know how Disney created those plate panels to animate, to, like, give things depth, so you could actually, like, zoom in, and it's like, picture, uh, like, a long... What, what am I trying to say? Just Google Disney plate animation. Let me double check to make sure I, I'm getting... I'll just read the synopsis of it. Okay, it is the multiplane camera. The multiplane camera is a motion picture camera that was used in the traditional animation process that moves a number of pieces of artwork past the camera at various speeds and various distances from one other. This creates the sense of parallax or depth. Watch, there's some very great Disney documentaries on Disney Plus, check them all out. They're great. That one about the the theme parks, mwah, beautiful. And but so those, if you picture that, you have the like the foreground plane 
like showing things that could be swooping past the camera, then the background plane, and then you have the background artwork and the cell animation of the characters. All of those, it was just like a depth of those, which was cool, but it was only for 30 seconds, so I was kind of disappointed. Two thumbs down on that. And then she also got me a Yogi Bear Beanie Baby type deal. Oh my God, my Yogi Bear collection is on fucking point now. It's growing. It's great. My mom got me a Yogi Bear, uh, like, traveler mug, which is fantastic. Then... Nicole got me, Nicole got me so much cool shit. Let me pull up pictures of that so I can list off all the cool shit she got me. First, she got me a Yogi Bear board game from like the the 50s and 60s. Hell yeah, guys. She got me some toys of the tick. She got me little monsters on VHS, which I was never expecting her to get that. So fucking gnarly. And because they were doing a buy one, get one, she also got Heavy Metal, the movie, on VHS as well. Spyro, okay, we'll be talking more about this, but Spyro the Dragon, Ripto's Rage, she got me the strategy guide for that because I collect strategy guides. Got me... Final Fantasy and, like, the Mystery of the Crystals, I think is the name of the OVA anime, got me that on VHS. Rugrats, the soundtrack on vinyl, two volumes of the Kirby manga, a book of horror movies on vinyl, a Yogi Bear minifigure, and then... I'm surprised she got me this, but we will be doing a stream when Sean gets back in town and everyone's COVID free and we have time to do it. But she got me 11 flavors of Fago in the one liter bottles. So we are going to just be, or a 24 ounce, I believe it is, whatever size that is. We're going to be getting nice chili taste test. Me and Sean on Facebook Live and Twitch Live. It's going to be a great time. Very good Christmas haul. It was super fun. But speaking of Spyro, I would, during this time of, you know, 7th to 8th grade when I was a juggalo, like very deep into it, and very, very depressed, you're about to learn that it's about to be drilled into your mind of that is a fact, I would play Spyro the Dragon while just listening to this, all these albums on repeat. I would start it on Monday, finish it on Tuesday, start it on Wednesday, finish it on Thursday. And then uh, usually I would hang out with a friend. And with that friend, I would show them ICP Twisted Blaze albums, Anybody Killa albums. Well, we played Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage. And man... Great times, but, ooh, family members, you kind of shit the bed there because clearly your son is depressed. And then once I phased out of that and started making music, that's what I did. I would start a beat on Monday night, not eat, get grounded from not eating later in the week. But on Tuesday, I would finish it. Monday or Wednesday, start one. Thursday, finish it. Friday slash Saturday, that would be a night of... uh, finalizing beats and then send them to people if they wanted them <laughs> guys and if you want beats go to mlmpod.com forward slash marshland monster you'll get some good stuff i started i mean one of the people c poppin formerly from kill yourself productions i've produced a lot of his stuff but other people over on horror crunk entertainment are getting my beats, so if you guys need beats, hey, some legends of horrorcore, give me the stamp of their approval, comatose. 
everyone from KYP, Murder House Records, go, you're going to have a good time. You'll be like, oh, my God, and it's affordable? Hoo-hoo, baby. I need to make $30 a day to live. So beats are like 40 bucks if you want an exclusive one, maybe 5% of that streaming revenue, but we'll work out the details later, you little scamps. So that was this Ripto's Rage. Oh, my God. It's, I think, the best one out of the three. Granted, I don't think of the original trilogy there's a bad game. Going back to the first one's a little, like, iffy because you don't have, like, the climb mechanic, the swim mechanic, or the skull bash mechanic that you get in the third one. And then the – or in the second one, and then the third one just melds everything you've learned perfectly together and then gives you extra characters to man in special levels, which is great. I – all – man, that's – that fucking trilogy is so great, and I do not enjoy the remake. It looks beautiful, but the the one thing I don't like about it is they made the crystals much or the gems much smaller than it. Like they used to be as big as Spyro, and making them smaller and making the grass actually have grass. Sometimes you can't find them, and you're like, where the fuck is this gem? Looking for hours and hours, and then you're like, oh, there it is. It's baked. It's a green one baked inside of a grass texture. Two thumbs down for that one. No, thank you. But yeah, man, this Mirror Mirror Initial Thoughts, it is my favorite Twisted Project. They're my favorite release of them. The most recently, or I mean, the second one would probably be, it came out in maybe like 2017-ish. I don't remember what it was called. It had, I'm gonna murder, gonna kill him. I mean, that's all of them. Let's let's find out what album that is. You know the one, I don't know why. I gotta kill somebody, kill somebody. Which, okay, so speaking on on these, it's the continuous evolution of lives, of life's questions. Nicole notoriously hates ICP. However, the only horrorcore song that she has ever enjoyed is that I Gotta Kill Somebody off from the continuous evolutions of life's questions. So, in a sense... Twisted has more mainstream appeal than uh, ICP because Nicole is mainstream as hell. All she does is read indie comics, write indie comics, and uh, listen to UCB formerly affiliated podcasts. So she's pretty mainstream, if you ask me, fuckers. Also, how does the mic sound? I'm I'm enclosed in kind of a little booth that I made with a with the wall, some foam, and a mattress, and I'm using a pop filter now. Ooh, I, I'm excited, guys. I, I hope 2022 is good for me and good for you as well. You want to know? I hope it's good for me. It's improvements on my career, but I hope it's fucking fantastic for you assholes out there. Oh, join our Discord. Give us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, I I think we should just get into it. Let's get into Mirror Mirror Ooey. It was released on April 9th, 
2002 through <laughs> Psychopathic Records. Production was handled by Fritz the Cat and both members of Twisted, which I search because I've never – you hear about like Mikey Clark and Mike P, but Fritz the Cat, I never hear a lot about. So I was like, I want to see what this person looks like. And he looks like an absolute sweetie pie. You know, he just looks like a nice guy that you'd be like, man, I bet I bet you could go down to an ice cream parlor and have a nice convo with him. That's sweetie pies in my eyes. Speaking of of this album and charts, all of that. Uh, This is the week of April 27th, 2002, the independent albums chart. We're going to go from number one to number five, and you'll find out why. Coming in at number one is Far Side of the World by Jimmy Buffett. Didn't know Jimmy Buffett was an indie rocker. Next is Default's The Fallout. Now we have Ying Yang Twins Alley, the return of the Ying Yang Twins. Didn't know they were independent as well. That's pretty cool. Especially, oh no, I think 2002, they, they weren't on like the whisper tip yet. So I think this was right before they blew up. The Trials and Tribulations of Russell Something. It's an old dirty bastard. Wow, he's always coming up. And coming in at number five. Oh my God, who is this? Let me read. Oh, let me put my 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 readers, my my bifocals on. Oh my God. It's twisted with mirror mirror. Oh, and man, this album cover, the lighting on them is so fucking cool. Mirror Mirror is all around dope and let's get into it because I do reviews at the end I believe or maybe I should do reviews now I don't let's do reviews now guys I'm scared to just normally when I would do talking about Beyblade by myself I'd have a lot bullet pointed but this also I don't remember songs and I kind of fall back on Sean for extra remembrance Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen today all right I pulled these all from Amazon because everywhere else that didn't have real reviews and I'm choosing poor reviews because those are like the the good reviews are pretty much just what I'm gonna be saying is like it's a fucking dope album so this is from real music lover He gave this two out of five stars in February 4th, 2006, titling this Worst Effort by Twisted Yet. To me, it just feels like Twisted didn't put 100% effort into this one. Most Tasteless was an all-around masterpiece, and you can tell the lyrics on the Green Book have a lot of heart put into them. But this album just comes off as flat. I don't agree with any of this, what this person's saying. This is baffling to me, especially the Green Book thing. This album of them saying it'll all be explained in the book, in the book, made me like, holy shit, I need to find the Green Book. I need to listen to this. And boy, did that album not meet expectations of this. I thought this was like, hey, our new album will be this, but just more of this like very angsty, angry, depressed, emo rap style, and not emo Phillips rapping. That'd be just funny, you know? A very soft-spoken, timid man being funny and doing one-liners. He'd be a punchline rapper. Get Emo Phillips on your songs, you cowards. Let's go back to the review. 
but yes, uh, the Green Book did not meet expectations, and I think that might be one of my least favorite albums by Twisted. Maybe I need to just listen through to all of it, but it's not. It seems more up upbeat and uplifting, and I don't like that. So I think Sean wouldn't like this album. But the Green Book had a lot more heart. This one falls flat. A lot of the material on this album comes from the scrapped Black Magic side rock project Twisted was working on. If Twisted decided to scrap the old whole idea, then you can bet it was pretty whack. In my opinion, the only solid tracks on this CD are Reflections, because it sounds wicked, and The World, because it's just a kick-ass song that reminds me of the most tasteless days. Dirty Little Girl is pretty funny, but still subpar musically. Highly disagree with that. I'll get into it more, but out of all the fuck songs, and yeah, like Monoxide probably shouldn't have sang on it, but that first verse in the hook that Monoxide is doing, or that Madrox is doing, holy shit, it's good. If you're a diehard Twisted fan, then get this one for your collection, but if not, I recommend just staying away from it. And that's a sucky one. That person sucks. This comes from Amazon customer, a.k.a. a fucking coward. Say your name to the heavens if you're giving a one-star review and saying, not worth the psychopathic name, from May 21st, 2002. Okay, first of all, I love ICP. I like Twisted but not as near as much as ICP. Freak Show and Most Tasteless were good. They did get old after a short while, but enjoyable nonetheless. But this CD is absolutely unbearable. The beats were totally uninteresting. This person is lying. The lyrics were bad. Shut the fuck up. Even for Twisted. Oh my God, you're, you're, you're digging at your juggalo princes. And I just didn't get any enjoyment out of listening to this at all. I'll keep this for my collection, but that's the only reason. What, what you, you would just throw it away or try and sell it? No one's gonna buy this. Next up is Josh Ruffin. Ruff, Ruff, Ruff. I'm rough, babies. Two out of five stars titled, um, from December 5th, 2002. All right. First, let me state that I have absolutely no interest in being a, in quotes, juggalo. One of those people who can't seem to find their own identity and so have to compensate by painting your faces black and white or red or whatever and drinking Fago all the time, though only about three flavors of the stuff are worth it. That being said... I love Twisted. How, okay, that being said, you do want to be a juggalo, sir. You know Fago flavors. You know the ideology behind them. And you love Twisted. Sir, you're a juggalo. Shut the fuck up. You're a self-hating one. I was in your position once. Just be a juggalo, baby. I love Twisted. Loved them ever since I first heard the first cuts off most tasteless. That seems like a, oh, I was, I was down with them before they even blew up. I knew most tasteless before it was on psychopathic. Uh-huh. And they even more, uh, this is now the review. And even more when I picked up Freak Show. These albums had a certain quality to them. A rough unpolished yet cohesive feel to them. 
Twisted can certainly hold their own on the mic, unlike their counterparts ICP, and are valid in my eyes. I was anticipating the release of their next album, be it an EP or LP, and went to get Mirror Mirror as soon as I could. But frankly, this CD cannot hold its own. Yes, I realize it is merely an EP full of stuff they experimented with Black Magic tracks or unreleased songs as a whole, but come on! Do we have to endure the album any further than For Those of You, the only credible song on the album in my opinion? The rest are mundane, the beat sucked, and the lyrics are trite and repetitive. I don't understand what this person is saying. I guess they're all about sadness, or maybe, for the most part. But then they go on and say, Dirty little girl, give me a break. I respect Twisted for being an underground independent act and not selling out to the mainstream. And I appreciate the raw field of their songs, but they really should have more respect for their fans than to put out this fetid piece of garbage. Shut the fuck up, dude. You suck, Josh Ruffin. Oh, I'm, I, uh, my opinions are so rough. Oh, I'm just a cheeky little bastard. Gah. Shut up. Next is Strike Commando, two out of five stars. Another mostly rockish album. Blah. Okay. I feel like people don't understand what the fuck rock music is or what rap music is when writing reviews because I saw a lot of stuff like that. Oh, it's mainly just rock. The the hooks are sometimes rock and maybe one song it, you can consider a rock song. But just because it has guitars doesn't mean it's rock. That would be like, oh, I, I guess... Run DMC is a rock and roll act because they have guitars or, oh my God, De La Soul, they're just fucking jazz musicians because they sampled jazz. Oh my God, Comatose from Cryptic and Cutthroat Productions, he's just Silent Hill 3 because that's all he samples. Oh, and I, I guess I'm just a, uh, a, or an early punk 1940s public domain cartoon from the mid 80s horror soundtracks because that's what I sample just because like that's what people need to understand rap music is so diverse and malleable of an art form and is a, is a genre of music that just because it the backtrack sounds like that doesn't mean it's not still rap and I I fucking hate people who do that so if you think this is a rock album, get bent and learned, okay? But next up is, this is Strike Commando still saying, not a very good album in my opinion. I'm just not a fan of twisted strange period of deviation into the rock genre. If you like their rock stuff, go for it, I guess. This just isn't for me. I don't think people want rock and rap is. Oh, wait. Oh, no, that's what I wrote. Uh, never mind. I don't think. Okay. I was like, wait, what the fuck is this dude saying? All right. Next is Sheldon Mopes, a pretentious nerd ass. Two out of five stars saying one word. Horrible. From September 14th. Never forget. 2004. I was hoping that this album would at least make up for the interest I lost in Twisted after listening to Freak Show, 
But sadly enough, it did nothing of the sort. I'll admit, there are a few songs I really like. But also, like, that doesn't make sense, dude. A few songs on an EP means you still liked the EP, so suck ass and get bent. I'll admit, there were a few songs I liked, but after those, you might want to consider changing to CD. Perhaps it's just me and my brutally honest methods of reviewing an album. Humble brag, I guess? Eat a dick. But one can usually sense when a musician is or is not putting their all into their music. And as far as I'm concerned, they don't even make an effort or an attempt for Mirror Mirror. Yeah, this dude sucks. Absolute heel of a boy. I'm Sheldon. I was young once and now I'm on Big Bang Theory. I'm dating an anti-vaxxer. Oh my god, she's so beautiful, that Farrah Fawcett Amy. And oh, who's over there? It's my good friends Penny and Leonard. They got married in maybe season nine, but me over here, I'm the one with the spinoff, but just in voice. There's a young boy playing me who is me as a baby. Oh, I'm having so much fun. I'm Sheldon. Let me get on the internet and make fun of juggalos. (laughs) Bazinga, I made a juggalo lose their shit by saying, um... Ex-Murder Boys was the best act on Psychopathic. Is that something that James feels? It could be. Find out in two thousand when they get to the 2006 and talk about Blood In, Blood Out, which is a very good album. Bazinga! So, uh, let's get into it track by track, baby. Also, like, this album is, like, when I started rapping myself which if no one has heard that i'm gonna slice in uh, the my newest song pulpit aesthetic it's gonna play a few bars i'll see you after that So this and Twist, uh, Twisted and ICP and like Juggalo music as a whole, even though I, I heard like Bazaar's album, Handicap Circus, and I was like, wow, like I could do this. Like this is, this just feels like violent and the, just in sex songs. I know those two things. I lost my virginity at 14, too young to do it. So they made me conceptualize and like, like it snap into my head like oh you don't need like rap doesn't need to be like gangster rap or like conscious rap you can do this stuff and like do allegory metaphor even though like that's i started piecing that together getting into connor oberst yeah though my uh my rap and uh, lyric influences are people like kgp sean price proof from d12 king gordy and ooh baby the number one lyricist Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes. So yeah, the, like this this album for sure influenced me. And then, you know, AMB's Unforgiven Forest, that was 
If you listen to early me, you're like, oh, he's clearly just trying to be them. And they were just trying to do their own thing with ICP's whole mythos. But let's get into the album, bitches. Ew. First up is the intro track, which is Mirror. And this is possibly my favorite non-musical intro of any psychopathic album. The aforementioned Blood In, Blood Out is probably my favorite musical one. Oh man, James is, James is a Twizzler. He loves magic ninja people. He likes axe murder boys. Oh, he's not a real juggalo, he's a Twizzler. Shut up. Anyone who's like uses Twizzler as a derogatory, well guess what? I ain't no red vine fucker. I'll be a Twizzler. I'm taking that back. So to anyone who wants to believe a five-star iTunes review to berate me as a Twizzler, please do. But all I'm going to do is see that money going into the bank because those iTunes reviews are going to push us up in the algorithm, bitch. Uh-huh. I even think one-star reviews would just, like, if they all came in at once, but please don't do that. That would hurt my psyche and be rude of you to do. But, yeah, who cares if I'm a Twizzler? I enjoy Twisted. They make good stuff, bitch. Do I not like it when they say the N-word? Absolutely. I think everyone doesn't. People who do are uh, insane and not a part of a posse of clowns. So yeah, guys, get bent. Don't call me a Twizzler. And like I said, Twisted has more mainstream appeal. Or maybe they just have more people who listen to, like, post-hardcore shit uh, has an appeal. Because that's really what Nicole is. She listens to that and things of the ilk of Connor Oberst. And Christmas music. So I think Twisted needs to start marketing outside of uh, Christmas caroler functions and be like, hey, check this out. You'll probably like it. We know one person who has your interest who also enjoys it. So then uh, like this, this intro just perfectly sets up the atmosphere of the project. I enjoy it. It's great. I love it when he's like, I can't even stand to look at myself in the mirror. Fucking Awesome. Then we get into the first song, which is Reflections. Ooh, baby. Why did I write down August? August? Oh, angst. That's what it is. Yeah, this this song's angsty as hell. It, it's also like genuine and not forced. Like it really feels like this is an emotion and thoughts that they actually have had opposed to being like, hey, this is like spooky horror killing yourself type stuff. Let's do that. And it feels like I believe Toxic is aware of this. There is a song called Close Casket. And he described this to me of like that song. Wicked K is talking about a real life thing that has happened to him. And then Toxic was just, you know, kind of making his own story up, which there's nothing wrong with that. But the reason why Wicked K's verse comes off as feeling more genuine and like lived in is because it is. And I think you could tell if they weren't being serious, which might be why some stuff on Tales from the Lotus pod, Sean wasn't feeling that they were genuine. It was just like, hey, let's mutilate ourselves. That's pretty edgy. Opposed to this, it's like, wow, these are emotions these two people have had, and it comes off as real. And in the 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 hook, I like the 
mind stuck in a cycle of depression, no reflection, which you could think of as them like not wanting to see themselves, but also like you can't reflect on what is happening well, you are like you can't be pulled out of a depressive state of like, wow, this is just my mind fucking up. There's nothing really tragic going on in my life. It's just like teenage depression or chronic depression. You can't pull yourself out and be self-reflective because your mind is engulfed in these bad thoughts. Maybe that's what they were talking about in that line, or maybe I'm reading into it too deep, but that's cool about music. But man, does this one resonate? Resonates. That's the how it's said. I don't know. Resonconates. Next up is The World. And I so a lot of the reviews were like, the beats suck and feel uninspired. I think these are some of the best beats because they are they're simple. I think they're effective even though being simple. And I like how it's one bar change ups in melody. Like in this one, you get like the like the piano going like don don or whatever instrument it is. And then in the next bar, you get kind of like uh, piano keys on the right side going like doing a melody of like whatever, you know that. And then you get some atmospheric stuff of like a choir singing. It's very simple, but effective. Like that's what this project is going for. So why would you? It's not that they're bad. It's that they're effective. Like there, there's nothing bad about, you know, Rick Rubin's production in the early days was extremely sparse. It was not even bass. Like they, it was just a kick drum, the snare, snares, a crash, and then guitars that Jam Master Jay would t- t- crab on. And that doesn't mean they're bad. Is Rick Rubin now a bad producer in a sense? Yeah. His shit kind of sucks, but that's because like sonically, and I don't think he really produces, he kind of just sits there and is like, uh, try this and then leaves without shoes on. But that's a story for a different day. Fight me in a five-star iTunes review. But th- this is like really good and I I like it. I really like the synth voice. Like that sounds like a didgeridoo in this is like, that's good. I If you throw that in there, the, on Not Another D&D podcast, Emily Axford has a song like when like an evil thing is about to happen in the campaign. They put that under. That's like, it's good. I'm always down for that. I really like the hook where it's just like, what if the world couldn't get any worse? It just did. It just did. It just did. That's super good. And Looking back at this, I used to always think, oh, Madrox is the best rapper in there. But after you've like grown and it's not just like, who's the hypest? You you start seeing things like rap technique, flow, rhyme schemes, all of that kind of stuff. And Monoxide fucking shines so brightly now to me. And it's the it's the same as like with Jake and Amir. You think Amir's the funny one. Oh, he's the goofy. He's he's the wild one, not the straight man. But then when you grow up and you start dissecting comedy, you're like, oh, wow, Jake is he's the glue to this. Without Jake, it's just a it's just me, just a, a maniac with there's no one to ground him in reality kind of like with car ranger where nicole's issues with that was 
everyone was weird or everyone was okay with absurdity. But then when you go into Car Ranger versus O-Ranger, you're seeing like, oh, it's just this pocket of Japan where that is like around Car Ranger are weirdos. Because then once you get into like this military group that the O-Ranger are, it's they're like, what what are you fucking weirdos doing? No, like you need to pay attention. You need to be doing all of this. Oh, I don't know what Dapu was doing, but it, this shit needs to stop. And Nicole's like, no, that's what Car Ranger should have been this entire time. But oh, man, Car Ranger versus O-Ranger and Car Ranger versus Mega Ranger are fucking great movies. Holy shit. That's Super Sentai. It's what Power Rangers takes clips from. Go listen to Mostly Speaking Sentai to find out more information about that. Next up is For Those of You. Uh, this one, it's, it's a little corny. Some of these songs, like some of the early family songs are corny because this just... Show I like the sentiment of uh, fuck the mainstream, show me family faces no matter their shape, size, or races. I like that. But like some other songs, it, it kind of just feels surface level like let's celebrate our differences. Like there's that new JoJo Siwa movie like called like the J Team or something or the S Team. I like the sentiment behind it. When every single show and t like TV movie or whatever is doing this same messaging, it just it feels like, OK, like, oh, but also not going further and deeper into it. It's just like base level. Hey, we're the team that it's made of the rejects because our faces aren't symmetrical. And that's why we were cast in this. But, uh-oh, we're actually, like, f this team, this togetherness, that's what really brings us together, or this really makes us shine. And, like, kids do need that. Well, actually, I guess it's kind of the Hanna-Barbera of it all, where Hanna-Barbera was like, hey, kids love fucking dinosaurs. Hell yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have 100% of the market share? Excuse me? What, what, what do other kids, other kids like space? Fuck. Well, we can't, the Flintstones can't go to space. I guess we could throw a Martian in there. What if we made the same exact show, just a family in space? Okay, all right, hell yeah. Oh man, guess what guys? Scooby-Doo doing fucking amazing numbers. Wait a second, we don't, we still don't have 100% uh, viewership of our demographic? Well, why the fuck not? Not all kids like dogs? Okay. What if it's a big old shark that can talk and uh, like a three stooge? Do you think that'll work? Set it underwater and more science fiction opposed to, you know, early 40s and 50s B movies? Oh, hell yeah, guys. We're doing it. The Smurfs. Yeah, man. It's really cool. Oh, children don't like Eastern European sweetness and uh, genuinity? They don't like the forest either. Okay, well, what if we threw them underwater? Kind of like we did with Jabberjaw. Oh, we get in that sh those shares too. Awesome. Hell yeah. Oh, so, so kids like space these days. All right, let's do this space ghost thing. We still don't have all the shares? Fucking bird, man. Th so I, I get that with that. But like when you're an adult and telling this to adults... And you're like this hardcore rap group. It comes off as just real corny and 
not interesting at all. Uh, do like the hooks and stuff and the musicality make up for the messaging being cornball? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the those are some of the songs that I'm like, oh, I'm going to step away from those. Next up is Through Your Eyes. And again, Monoxide shines on the raps. But the, there are there were some lyrics on here that juggalos were like, oh, my God, it, this is hotly debated. What what should I what should I think of these? And it's uh, I believe Madrox saying I'm not a puppet, so don't pull my strings. I don't need nobody trying to hold me, console me, control me. Shit. You're the one trying to change me, make me into something I'm not. And. Everyone was like, oh, my God, he's he's talking about the ICP. And this was from an interview around the time. I believe Monoxide is saying this, saying anybody who thinks that we were dissing ICP is a fucking juggaho. And you can print that. It sounds like the juggalos want us to diss them sometimes. Fuckers are looking for some drama. That's why we stay off the Internet, which is weird because now they have dissed and now they are on the Internet more. But that I mean, that's just the change from 2002 to 2020. But this came about. Because he's like, no, that line is about us being on island and the mainstream trying to change us and like taking all of our lyrics and sending them to us with like redacted saying like, you can't say that. You can't say that. And it's like, then why did you sign us? Fuck out of here. You want to you want us to make your money, but you don't want us to do what we do. But I really like the the hook and the guitar work on this. And th this is also when I wrote like, oh, man, I usually use Sean to help remember songs. So this might be bad. I think I'm doing OK. So next up is What's That? And the genius lyrics on this are terrible. The lyrics should be you a swap meet two stripe Adidas. But the lyrics on here is if only you swap me two stripe Adidas. And it's like that's. So bad. Why did you think that was correct? Uh, but I think the this is has smooth verses. Hook is a little annoying, but they never answer like, what's that? What is it? Could they be saying like, oh, this is what people say like when they they're introduced to our music? Like, what's that? Ugh, I don't want this at all. But maybe the, what's that? Oh, my God. It's a Bong full of that sweet, sweet mother earth nectar that is marijuana. That could be what that is. Oh, my God. What's that? It's Superman with a nice bong full of mother earth nectar. Oh, my God. What's that? It's Heathcliff chewing on a, a fish. Oh, my God. He just made a xylophone out of it. Wait, wait, wait. That's not a xylophone. That's a bong full of mother earth sweet nectar. They never answer what's that. But. I do want to read, even though Monoxide, very good, I want to read his last verse of just like the ups and downs of it being like, hey, man, that's real good. Oh, man, that's real corny. Oh, man, that's real good. And so on. It is, we ain't the trend of the millennium. I can tell you that. You can keep the freestyle rap in backpack, which is weird that like backpack rap was starting to be a thing even this early on. I really thought that was like a 2007 and up deal, but I guess not. We are the drama seekers looking for non-believers. 
We walk on water and clouds in search of dream weavers. That's some like violent J bullshit that I, I don't like. So, hey, you had an up and now you have a down. I hope you're glad to meet us. Now get the blaze up. You're just a hot dog spot bitch, so raise up. I don't understand that. That might also be genius fucking with me. You out of mind, out of body, out of spirit, out of rhyme. Sneak up on behind you in the dark from behind. That should also be like you said behind too many. Just say sneak up on the rind. Choke on the rind. You in the dark from behind. Yeah, just say sneak up on choke up on the rind in the dark from behind. There you go. Verse fixed for the worse. Oh, arf, arf. Okay, left field, we're, we're mainly going to talk about two things. The first, this is my favorite era of Violent J. The Wraith era of like 2002 to 2006, especially like when we are in the Wraith. Like it, right now, he's still dealing with and hating major record labels. So it, once he gets that out of his mind... Because you you have some of that here. It's just like, hey, fuck hound dogs, even though if they're our fans, but if they're not dedicated so much to be juggalos and identify as such, get the fuck out of here. And it's like, dude, you need to calm down, okay? So, yeah, Ugh. relax, brother. But th- this is still like his voice on Hell's Pit and on, uh-oh, and on, what's it called? Dark Black Rain from Dark Lotus. It's fucking, that's when Violent J's in his bag and doing really good, in my opinion. Some people might be like, I really liked Malenko. He was really good. Uh, That's your opinion. A wrong one, though. That's your right opinion, but wrong fact. There we go. And then the next thing, because the the first verse is just like, literally talking about like gay bashing. It's not good. It is in reference to the House of Crazies manager, Walter Stepanenko, uh, who, uh, if you read up on it, there are some, there's a nice interview. If you also go on to Genius, you'll be linked to these interviews because, like, the notation is for, like, I never hated blanks until I got sued by one. And... There's two interviews, one by Walter and one by Monoxide, explaining what was happening. Monoxide said, we never really got, like, sued, but we were told, if you want to release your music, you have to buy it from me for $80,000, the the entire catalog. And they said they did purchase the entire catalog. But then Walter, at the same time, around the same time, did an interview on and with HorrorCore.com. And that is also, like, a, like the interviewer, I don't know if... They rewrote the questions in text to, like, be polite when asking it, but then change it, which would have also been fucked up because comes off as, like, a real big dick, the interviewer, of, like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? I thought it was like this. and But also, like, Walter comes off as a, an old man who, like, probably, like, is rightfully pissed in some ways because... He fronted money to House of Crazies, and then they are like, we're, fuck you, we're no longer on here, and we can get out of that by just changing our names. But if the business wasn't good, you probably want to do that. 
and did say like, hey, ICP is putting out House of Crazy songs on compilations that they don't have the right to do that. All of that type of stuff. But I think and he was saying, oh, no, at the, at the time of this interview, they have not purchased the entire catalog. They purchased two tapes and that is it. So I, I, I'm guessing they did. They do now have the rights to it because of Magic Ninja putting out a like huge collection, like their entire discography, I think. So I, but I really wish they had maybe they don't have streaming rights because none of it's on streaming. So I don't know. That's it's very cool to like look back and on this history, which when we get into the pendulum comics, those are fucking amazing because they had weak newsletters at the end of issues and just reading this stuff that what they thought was going to happen with new releases and seeing like, oh, wow, they underestimated how impactful this was going to be or seeing how like I think the Dark Lotus album before Mars and stuff was affiliated with it. I think like Bone Thugs and other people are going to be featured on it. I don't know. That's uh, we'll get into more of that with the pendulum, but it's things like there was this interview that Metal Jesus Rocks put out that his friend had did for an internet radio station back in like a couple weeks before Diablo 2 came out. He interviewed the like head developer on Diablo 2 and the guy was like you know we we're, we put in the internet the battle.net uh, on the last Diablo and that did really well so we really fleshed out that on the second one and we're just expecting it to do as good as the first Diablo if it does that it's a success and then to like him being so humble and not real because he can't not be humble like he's probably not even being humble he's just like being realistic but then to know that like wow he is about to put out the game of not only that year but like the next the following two years in sales sold the most in three years it's insane like Diablo 2 is still you know even before the remake came out the remaster came out was still on like the top 100 selling games for the past 20 years that's insane and I like seeing those retrospectives of people I I don't like seeing people thinking that oh my god it's gonna be great and then it just is a flop I like seeing people being like yeah that I, I hope this does stuff like the pierces there are 13 tales of love and despair I think is the name of it that was them like you want to know what let's just throw everything at it let's do like very experimental instrumentation on this let's just like have fun because this is probably going to be our last album and then it just it it was their biggest album all of the songs have been featured on like gossip girl it was pretty little liars theme song I have a secret can you keep it this Man, that the Pierces are fucking great. If you have not listened to the Pierces, listen to uh, You and I, The 13 Songs of Love and Despair, or Creation. Man, those albums, just hearing those also remind me of when, uh, like, it's good and bad. There was a summer of 2013, was my best worst summer. I was broken up with by a long-term girlfriend, Living on my own at the same uh, – living on my own for the first time, like on my own, living with MC Deep and our friend Brandon. And then TC from Neva Dead Click 
Losi, as some people might know him. And like I had produced a bunch of his album, one of my best friend, he passes away all in that summer. And man, all I was listening to was Bright Eyes, Hunks and His Punks, and The Pierces. So The Pierces just like even new songs of theirs because of how they harmonize and like sound so like sweeping and beautiful just put me back in that mind state, which is nice because like that music got me through that time. But also sometimes will make me cry because it's like, fuck, man, that was a terribly good summer. Let me know if you have any moments like that. What songs bring you back to a time? Any of these songs or any ICP juggalo shit? Let me know. Like the Bo- like Boondocks' first album, that puts me back to hanging out with Dakota Rust that summer. Being with the my first like real girlfriend, Megan. I like listening to that and there was a thunderstorm coming through and my cousin Joe was like, oh, I'm guys, I got to get out of here because I don't like lightning. It scares me. And yeah, and eating these sandwiches that like my stepmom was always buying lunch meat and nice slices of cheese or like deli meats, not just like lunch meat. But I would make these huge sandwiches sometimes like grill them up. Oh, man, so good. That's what that and cheese it so many cheese it's so listening to that album reminds me of just that entire summer. That's also a fantastic psychopathic release. The Harvest. Oh, baby, we're probably getting close to that hour mark. So at least we're not two hours. Uh, what's up? What's up? Next up is Dirty Little Girl. I fuck it. I commented on this. I love it. It's surprisingly, I think Monoxide just have my Madrox do all of the singing, then have like a rap bit because that first verse is fucking amazing. It's so musically good. I love it. Oh, baby. Uh, and Monoxide, luckily, like he does, you know, once they get into the mutant era, man, mutants fucking good. That is like respirator. Who, baby. And the the opening track to that. Ooh, I saw them do that in concert. They, that's how they started the show. So good. So good. But Dirty Little Girl, th- that name reminds me of Stitches's song, Stitches from KYP and Mental Ward of his song Dirty Little Killer and I remember when Sick and Shameless came out this was a posthumous release and I go over to Demonic and Lissa Sears at the time and I think TC was there at the time as well and they're like what what do you think of the album it's great I was like I, I fucking love it hey guys we just hit the hour mark I'm like yeah I love it but you know There's a song on there, Dirty Little Killer. I just, I can't vibe with, no thank you. And they're like, it's a a fuck song. It's like a Stitches' way of making a let's have sex song. And they're like, why, man? That's one of my favorites. It's so good. And I was like, yeah, but thinking of that, I know he had sex with my sister. So, yeah. And then that, me saying that, just like put a like silence over the room. And one of them's like, you know about that? I was like, yeah, my sister told me the day after it happened, like a weirdo. And they're like, oh man, like we, you know, when you left the label, we thought, oh, maybe, maybe that's why, maybe he found out about that. Oh man, Stitches, why did you do that? Like, what if James is pissed off at you? All of these things. And it's like, no, man, 
if I was pissed at someone who had sex with my, this was a long time ago when I said this comment. She is, uh, sh- she's a, a, a responsible mother and all of that now. But I said, man, if I was pissed at everyone who had sex with my sister, I'd be pissed at a lot of people. So uh, they laughed at that and also were like, that's a harsh burn to do at a family. I was like, we razz each other. But I like this song. I like the, ooh, how about I call it your pink cookie? Do you like it when I say cunt? And the beat is great. It's very melodic. It's cool. Let me check how long we are going right now. All right, yeah, I need to start uh, wrapping up. Uh, I love can't. It's it's good. You need to cut out some of the high end on the 808 triangles during the hook. Uh, Song is fine, but again, the message is corny. It's like, this is when I wrote down, it's like a Nickelodeon movie, the new Jojo Siwa. Next up, uh, like, it's just fine. It's cool. The hook's good. Everything else is like, meh. It's okay. Alone? You just got to take out the bad death metal screams in in the hook because the singing stands on its own. You don't need that. I thought at a second, like during monoxide stuff, there might have they might have been using a Leslie speaker, but really listening to it, it's probably like a phaser or a flanger. It doesn't have like the Hammond organ type whirly effect. Or I, I believe on thirteen, the big star song. Uh, Can I take you? I don't know songs. I don't know songs. I, I like it's in my mind, but I don't know it. Won't you t- pick me up from school after? Oh, if they're not British. I don't know it. But you guys, like, you guys know it. I believe during, like, a bridge of that, their their vocals are fed through a Leslie speaker, which a Leslie speaker is, uh, when you're listening to, like, someone playing the organ, is it starts, like, go, like going, like, Ooh! like, it sounds like something's spinning. That's because it is. What's happening is there is a speaker in front of a microphone, but that speaker is on like a, like a easel or a lazy Susan that rotates and you can like, as it's, it's rotating, uh, like it's facing the microphone, then not facing the microphone. And it kind of gets that whipping effect. But if you, and you can like speed it up faster and slower and it gives a very cool, gnarly sound to really anything you put on it. When I found out about them, when I was like really getting into experimental mixing and all of that in like, again, 2013, 2014, I was using Leslie Speaker on any vocal who would allow me to. There was like the Ugly Gentleman, their song Da Blues, D-E space blues. Check that song out. It's great. But I use that on the bridge vocals and a lot on the Carl Swiftney stuff that I did, like on, uh, I think... Sunshine Blossom. That song is very good. Carl Swiftney's great, guys. Check out, like, I think it's carlswiftney.bandcamp.com. Uh, I'll put a link in the description, maybe. His his album, Mystical Intoxication, very good. And it's not just because I produced it. Would I like to redo a lot of the mixing on that? Absolutely. But final song is... You are the reason why we do the things that we do. This is great on all accounts. The The drum beat is fucking hard. The, the chords and the melody is atmospherical. And there's like some 909 sounding drums in there. And the hook is well done. It's great. It's fantastic. And okay, so 
my last thing on this is that I'm now realizing that this early Twisted stuff that I did not know is really like an auteur musician. I've said before, auteur directors suck because it's like you, you're dealing with so many people on a movie set, even though like you're this auteur of like I write and I direct and I'm, I really make sure this entire production is me. There's hundreds of people you're dealing with. And that's when like over controlling people and dicks can really fuck things up for other people. But with auteur musicians, which Twisted kind of is because they weren't just they recorded mixed and produced with Fritz the Cat this entire record and other stuff they've done as well. And that's also why I liked AMB because they were producing, mixing and they 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 were making sure everything is them probably out of necessity though. And I think that's where like music diverts from directing where it just has to be whoever is a part of this. It's like, hey, it's a few of us. I know like some things like Blur kind of like Damon Alburn being the driving force of that. Those are situations where that can be. But I think maybe I should say auteur rappers are very good. I enjoy them. And maybe some singer songwriters where it's like, hey, from the conception to the master is all me. I'm down for that. And if it's out of necessity or just because, you know, once you're you have those skills, why go to other people if you're like, this is a fully realized me project. So I, I, I'm down for our tour musicians, not so much for our tour directors. OK, finally, I am going to rattle off just what if I were to send these songs to Sean, because I, I don't think Sean would like this. I don't think he would like this entire album. If I were to put this on a playlist, like Reflection the World, Alone and You're the Reason, but probably just Reflection in the World, those would be the ones that I would put on a playlist. But to Sean, I think whatever one Blaze You Dead Homie is on that I can't remember and Dirty Little Girl, those would be the ones I would send and maybe The World. I don't think he would like Reflection because it's a little too angsty but the world i think you would enjoy let me know what you guys think of this album i very much enjoyed it thank you for listening this was just me currently you know in between a wall and a mattress talking to you guys haven't done one of these in a long time of just a solo me especially i've never done any besides like one mostly speaking sentai that was the mostly loving lucha uh, that isn't talking about Beyblade by myself. So I hope you enjoyed this. Please go over to mlmpod.com forward slash nothing. <laughs> Realize that it's just mlmpod.com to find out information about my other podcasts like Mostly Speaking Sentai. Also check out This Movie's Gay. That's a very good one. We watch uh, queer films. Corwin uh, shows me. Corwin's non-hetero, so... He he knows what he's talking about when it comes to good movies and good representation. Watch that. There's some batshit horror movies that we do as well, like Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror. And one that's not batshit. It has a little bit of batshit, but it's very serious. Knife Plus Heart. It's on Shudder. Watch that shit. Or All Cheerleaders Die. Then go listen to those episodes. Listen to my music under Marshland Monster. That All of that can be found on MLMPod.com where you can download it, listen to it, sample it, or go over to wherever music is found, like Spotify, those things. It's all up there as well. 
Then the best way to support us, go over to patreon.com forward slash MLM pod, where for just $5 a month, you get exclusive content, exclusive podcasts every single Friday. It's a great time. But if you're a $10 patron, what you'll have access to is exclusive watch alongs. Those are very good. Just did four of them for Christmas, uh, put them out uh, every Sunday, but normally it's just once a month and you get shout outs on every single free feed podcast. So let's begin with those. First up, we have Steve F. Next is Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour. Ooh, now we have Alex Z, a.k.a. The Waz. Now it's Orion. He's a rapper under Defo, D-F-O. Check his stuff out. I've done a lot of stuff with him. Kayla, a.k.a. Two Grapes. Tyler Wright, he's my friend. Elliot W, at Garlic Sunshine on Instagram for their amazing artwork. Jordan B, the Chaos Witch. Nicole's brother, my Bickle, my brother in common law, Josh. And finally, Steve Barnes. Follow him at IntroVoid on Instagram, Spotify, and Substack. Ooh, even though I think it's IntroVoid underscore RA. Ooh, you'll find him. Search IntroVoid or go to where I my follows, Marshland Monster on Instagram. You'll, you're bound to follow them. Hey, guys. <laughs> See you next week where I will be discussing Blaze Your Dead Homies EP. See you. Bye. <laughs> Listen to my, one of my songs. I'll pull put all of Pulpit Aesthetic at the end. Bye. This has been a Marshland Media production, produced by James McCullum. For more content, please visit mlmpod.com. To support our network and have access to exclusive podcasts, head over to patreon.com forward slash mlmpod and sign up today. Oh, yeah.